0: right. One and one. Hey, the Lakers get a win and they're now one and one on this young season, beating up on the Utah Jazz. That was really one of the games that was just not... It was not very close at all. And I got to say, I, I had a blast tonight. I got to be in the building for most of that game. And I was actually sitting like right next to Alan Sliwa. We were watching the game, talking about what was going on. And we just enjoying seeing the Lakers actually play a pretty decent game defensively. I wouldn't even call it a def- decent game defensively. I think they looked good defensively the offense in that first half was a little bit shaky where they had very very few points whatsoever um both teams both teams look like just like way going way old school with that but and the fact of the matter is they not come out with the win and the defense and offense looked way, way better in that second half. And it was just made it so it's a completely different team. And a lot of it, a lot of it I'm going to put on Frank Vogel. And I'm going to say thank you to Frank Vogel for changing up what was happening. He saw early on that Javale McGee wasn't working, and I think Javale only had something around 12 minutes in this game. He wasn't working. He was a negative on the floor, and he was able to. They took him out to start the second half, and they went small, even though they had a little bit of a lead. We were still able to. You were still seeing that he changed it up, went with Caruso instead of going with um, with uh, Javale McGee, and it totally changed everything whatsoever. So it was just a lot better. It was just a much better game all the way around. Very well. And I want to say, so I was sitting next to Alan Sliwa and the first, <laughs> we're watching KCP. And I know this is not the best place to start. KCP is never the best place to start because, you know, well, he's KCP. But the fact of the matter is we're sitting there talking and he's, I'm like, God, this is just a really bad game. This is two games in a row where you just can't hit a bucket. This was in the first half, too. And he looks up to me and goes, hey, look up in the rafters. Look up in the rafters. One day. One day you'll see KCP's name there, and I just laughed at him. I was like, Get the hell out of here! You're such a liar! No way. <laughs> then he started laughing. It was really funny, actually, when you were there, but at the same time, get up KCP in the rafters. I mean, did you see what happened there? He made one free throw. And everybody went crazy. It was fantastic. It was so good. But at the same time, like, I'm sorry. You're seeing, at least he didn't play 27 minutes. It wasn't another one of those types of games where you're like, why is he still on the floor when it's at the end of the game? However, it was totally different there. Like, what did he have here? He, He had 19 minutes. Still too many, but in a blowout, I'm, okay, I'm more okay with those numbers. But I'm still much, it's still 19 minutes. He played a lot in the second quarter. He played a lot in the in the fourth quarter. Another game where it's just, all right, that's a lot of KCP. But what's the some of the things that are actually good that we watched, right? We watched a very, very good LeBron James. This is the LeBron James that we're really looking for. And I'm sorry about my my background here. I had to run across over to, to my work, over to ESPN LA, but I'm not actually allowed to say that I'm in ESPN LA or have any signage or anything. So I have this blank wall behind me. So I, maybe one day I'll be able to put... What if I put like a hat here? You know, I got my... I got my Laker hat. I can just throw it up there maybe to make it kind of feel like I'm back at home. But anyway, that's as best as I can do for you guys. Um, but Anthony Davis, two different types of games. Well, there's the LeBron James side of it and there's the Anthony Davis side of it. Both of them ended up with, you know, good good numbers. Anthony Davis, 21 points, seven rebounds, two assists, two steals, Five blocks. Five blocks. Huge on the def- on the defensive end. And LeBron James, when you look at just the numbers, which we don't always like to do, but we have to, 32.7 rebounds, 10 assists. This was what we saw from LeBron James. It was mostly the second half. He completely took over the second half of this game to really give the Lakers. This is kind of what you were expecting in the first game against the Clippers, where the Clippers and the Lakers, they're kind of... Working things out and deciding what they're going to do. It was interesting to watch some of the rotations, what they're doing. I give it up to Frank Vogel, and we were just talking about it. But Vogel does—he's trying different things. He's seeing who works with what and wh- how it works. And I really enjoy actually trying to see and trying to figure out what his scheme is, because there is a scheme, and I think that's really an important thing when we're thinking about Frank Vogel—is that there is a scheme and what he's doing kind of is starting to make sense and i give total credit to frank vogel for changing up in the second half and using a different type of of rotation pattern of which they ended up going on that going up by 22 at one point and just really blowing out this this team the utah jazz which the utah jazz by the way is supposed to be one of the best teams in the western conference so look one game just like against the clippers it was one game this just didn't feel like... The, the Utah Jazz just looked totally outmatched for most of the game. Lakers were getting hands-on balls. It was just a much better defensive performance all the way around. All right, let's talk about what some of you guys want to get to. I'm going to get into AD in just a little bit of what I thought of him. Despite the numbers, there was good and there was bad from AD. But let's talk about what you guys want to talk about just a little bit. Uh, I got Mr. Three-Point Shooter says, KCP finally scored. Yes, on Instagram. He did. One point, and this here you go. We... Wee wee all day 21. KCP, 1.45 minutes. That one point made it. So now he has eight fouls in the time in the two games with the Lakers to one point, meaning that he has eight times as many fouls as he does as he does points in this game. And yes, 20 he had 19 19 minutes tonight, 27 minutes the other night. So you're talking about 46 minutes. Way too much time to be able to say, hey. You're not scoring um, and not doing much else either in, in that sense. And there's actually a point in the third quarter where I thought, OK, maybe I'm being too tough on KCP. I'm actually going to just watch him. I stood and it was really the third and fourth quarter. I watched just KCP and I watched him where he was going, where he was floating to, what his offense looked like, what his defense looked like. And it was not impressive. In any sense Uh, on the offensive end, he was just he's kind of moving around, trying to find that open spot, trying to get over into a into a corner, but he's being guarded for most of it. So he's not really creating much separation. And then on the defensive end, he's still he's he's staying right inside the key, leaving a guy wide open in the corner and he got beat multiple times because he left that guy wide open in the corner to be down in the block which i get i mean if somebody if there's if everybody is crashing into the middle but they weren't really crashing into the middle taking more jump shots around the elbows so for him to not even be near the guys in the corners was a little concerning to me so his defense didn't look very good to me either i didn't see much out of kcp at all that made me think yes I need more of that. And that's a problem for me specifically. And I know most of you don't like KCP either. Uh, ZT Mosley, what up, Bergen? What's up, man? That guy, James A., says KCP traded in December. All right, so look, KCP is a clutch client. And he has a de facto no trade clause because he was a guy that signed. He's signing one-year deals. So when you are with a team and then you signed another one-year deal, you ba- your bird rights stay here, and you ha- you, it's not a full no-trade clause, but it's basically a no-trade clause. And he can say, I don't want to move to any of those spots. And that's kind of what's probably going to happen. He has to agree to move. Now, I said it last year, but I think it can happen again this year, is that you've made a lot of money with the Lakers You're not going to get a lot of playing time to spend depending on how much people are actually, you know, are getting playing time. When when guys like um, Troy Daniels are hitting wide open three point shots and Avery Bradley's playing well and usually is your starter for the most part. Alex Caruso is getting a start in the second half against these types of teams. He's going to start taking into your minutes. So a lot of the things that's happening here is that they are going to be. KCP is not going to get a lot of minutes. Those numbers are going to start to drop. 27 minutes, 19 minutes, and that number is going to continue to fall, especially if he can't hit ho- a wide open three pointers. There's been a couple of times where you know he looks good off of the dribble, where he's a pass to get wide open for a, a, a point blank three point shot, totally misses. He just it's the shot just does not work. Uh, Blake Sinclair, Greg broadcasting from his witness protection location. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's pretty much it's not it's not too far off from that. Uh, I got. Uh, let's see, Caustic187 says, Greg, what do you think the missing piece is? I think the squad could be next level with a true point or an upgrade on any guard spot. Well, there's a lot of different guard spots that are that are available, and yes, they do need another ball handler. The problem is that you're not seeing... Look, Quinn Cook... I'm not calling him a ball handler. That's not that's not who he is. He is not much of a, a playmaker. He's a shot creator. He's a shot maker. But he's not a ball handler slash playmaker. So I don't consider him a point guard, even though they kind of use him as a secondary point guard. Um, when it comes to uh, Avery Bradley, not much of a not much of a ball handler either. I think they need more of that. And there's only a couple guys that can really do that. Uh, Alex Caruso did a decent job at that. I didn't think he could do it so well, but it was a little bit better. And when it comes to Alex Caruso, this is the first thing. This is the first thing I think about, and maybe you guys can say it differently. But look, I play NBA 2K. I've been playing a good amount for the last couple for the last couple nights, so I'm just kind of just starting getting back into it because I just got the game. But I'm playing it, and I feel like Alex Caruso is my NBA 2K 20 player. And <laughs> what I mean by that is. Like I'm not that good yet. I'm like a seventy-three, seventy-four let ranked player, and I they put me on the Bucks. And you know you have Giannis and a couple of and Chris Middleton and a bunch of other guys that are playing really well. And I'm kind of just trying to fit my way in, and not much, doing much on the offensive end. You know, I'm tapping away. I have a PS four, so I'm tapping away on that triangle button. But like, hey, hey, I'm open. I'm open. I'm open. But I'm not actually getting the passes to me and when I do, I, you know, kind of drop it here or there, I'm getting stripped or I'm just not all that great yet I'm also not a very good, you know I'm not a very good PS4 player in general but at the same time Oh, in on two K nineteen, I was way way better. And this, but like that's who I feel like it's you know short white guy that just is supposed to be there for shooting and to to drive to the basket. And he's not do and he's doing that exact same thing. I'll have a nice defensive play. He'll have a nice defensive play where he has a, a you know a steal or a nice rebound or whatever it happens to be, but. He's just not quite good enough to make it in. And at some point, you know, you expect like, oh, I'm going to be a 90 at some point. I'm going to take over the league. And that's what's going to happen with Alex Caruso. I, you know, what he have ends up being towards the end of the year is gonna is kind of up for grabs, but that's who he reminds me of right now is my 2K20 player. Uh, anyway, so yes, I think we're missing a, a ball handler that's outside of LeBron James. I mean, Anthony Davis cannot be your secondary ball handler either. Um, I think there's also some perimeter defense that's missing as well, although we're seeing some—this was a much better— game for perimeter defense where they were holding the the Utah Jazz down pretty good. If you look at their three points percentage, awful. I mean awful. To the point of Eight of 25, that's not going to get it done. And they did a great job of holding them down. Anytime you're low 30s, holding a team to low 30s in three-point range, you're doing a good job. Yes, they were missing some shots, but they were were getting out and trying to contest those shots at the same time. There was a great one in the fourth quarter where Danny Green was out of the play and dove in to get a hand and and disrupt the shot from, I believe it was George Niang, And that was a complete, that was a great play. And what makes... Danny Green such a, a a great player now on the flip side you have the Lakers didn't really shoot too great from three-point range either but the guys that hit him hit them with regularity Troy Daniels was four for five from three-point range and that's why he's going to get more playing time in the next game because he's going to hit three-point shots um, the other guys like Danny Green was not as good as the game before but still he did enough and had positive numbers uh, elsewhere Uh, All right, let's go back over to Instagram. Nick Hamilton, LA. Lakers flowed better in this game. Yes, they absolutely did. And the flow was much better in the second half, especially, where that game was pretty close. It was tight. And, you know, the Lakers were still up. But the fact of the matter is that... LeBron James came out as a man on a mission and took over the game. 32 points, 10 assists, 7 boards. He was finding wide open guys. He was was hitting his jump shots. He was doing a lot of the things that you need to have happen to actually... You can see why this Lakers team can be so dangerous. Because of how their defense did play tonight against a top-ranked team. Don't get it twisted. This is a top-ranked Utah team that is going to be in in the top four easily in the Western Conference. So a lot better to see that tonight. Now, on the other side, Anthony Davis, who, while he did have 21 points, a lot of his points were a little bit odd. Um, He was good from the free-throw line. Um, I don't think he missed one from the free-throw line, which is great. A big man hitting 7-of-7. Also... Let's talk about LeBron James again. Seven of eight from the free from the free throw line for LeBron James. Huge, huge upgrade. Anthony Davis also seven of seven from the from those. So there's that's that's seven points. He's down to 14. A lot of those were dunks. He had three or four dunks plus also a um, an easy trip to the basket that gave him another basket. He also had that one where he was trying to throw a pass in and it just to Danny Green and it just went in. So he got there as well. Besides that, his jump shot was bad. I don't think he hit maybe more than one jump shot in this entire game and that's a big problem of what we're talking about um we talked about it on Mason in Ireland we talked about it last game against the Clippers that this is a team that needs to have Anthony Davis hitting his jump shot to be successful it didn't happen tonight but he still was he was still able to find his way to the basket in other in other ways and get to the free throw line to hit his his free throws which much better than last year. Much, much better than last year. But his his jumper is what's causing me an issue. And I was talking about with Allen as well. He's fought, he's fading back on every single one of those. He just doesn't seem confident. I know he's working with Mike Penberthy. And if Mike Penberthy is maybe changing his shot, maybe changing it now is not working out. I don't know what it is. I think that'll all work itself out. I'm not worried about it. But that's something to look at going forward is, and make something to actually watch on Sunday. How is his jump shot? Uh, all right, so on YouTube I got uh, t- uh what 's your name z t Mosley born uh braun was great on defense tonight I thought he was good last week, but it took it up a notch tonight yes he was much he 's been much better especially in transition defense that 's when he 's really been much better tan Marino thirteen on Twitch impressed with daniel 's defense wasn 't expecting the hands also shadowed Conley well working together and around screens very impressive. Troy Daniels was way way better tonight than a lot than than any other guard out there for the most part. So I'm I would love to see more Troy Daniels. I think that was the guy that most people were a little bit didn't want to see. And I think this is what you're going to see with the with Frank Vogel is he's going to go with the guys that are starting to be are playing in a better are starting to play in the flow of the offense much much better and I think that that's it. whoever's the hot hand that's the guy that's going to be going and you can see he's changing things up I, I like that. It's early in the year. You want to see who works with who, what works with what. And KCP is not the one to be working with, but as everybody is pointing out. Yes, I know. KCP is bad. But Alex Caruso was getting some of those minutes. He got 20, 20 points or 20 minutes. KCP had 21 minutes. Um, so there he's, those numbers, but a lot of those minutes, just be careful. A lot of those minutes came in the fourth quarter when everybody was out because you were up by 20. So much, much better. Easier that way. R. Henderson 311 says, Mason broke the curse. Uh, You know what? Fine. Let's say it. Let's say it. Mason broke the curse. He broke it last night when he because he was at the game against the LAFC with the LAFC against the Galaxy. LAFC won. Um, He was at the game tonight. The Lakers won. So he's essentially broken the curse. The soccer game last night was the breaking of the curse. Let's call it. Also, let's talk about it when it comes to the playoffs, and then we can bring this whole curse thing back up because I really love the bit. It makes me laugh every single time. Uh, Let's go back over to Blake St. Clair. Thin your hair out, and you could be AC. (laughs) Well, yeah, that's who I basically am on 2K20 anyway. So, yeah, maybe why not? Jonathan Watson, 0984. Caruso is 2020 Vaughn Wafer on NBA Live. Oh, five. <laughs> Ant H on YouTube says, Jamal Crawford would be a good, come off the, good to come off the bench. Here's the thing with Jamal Crawford. He is 38, 39 years old. He can score the basketball easy. He is great at putting the bucket. He is a bucket maker. That's what he does. He doesn't play any defense whatsoever. Um, he is slow, right, especially on the defensive end. But he is still a guy that can shoot. Where what you're going to do, you can't just cut anybody right now. The team, this, this Lakers team, is all new guys. The only guys that you would not be that you would be able to cut would have to be either LeBron or Kyle Kuzma, and everything else won't be able to happen until this, at least December fifteenth. And on December fifteenth, most likely we'll have an idea if anybody's going to go, and guess who's not the clutch guy, the clutch guy in KCP, not going to go anywhere unless they can find a trade partner for him that he agrees to. If his minutes are down to like 10, 10 minutes a game and he can go somewhere else and get 20 minutes a game, maybe he'll go. I mean, that's kind of just hopeful on my part, but that's where I want him to be. Uh, Dinesh Ronald, Ronaldo Jr. 7, do you think LeBron James show the world who is the the best player in the NBA? One game, uh, he was not good against a very, very good defense in the, in the Los Angeles Clippers. So, no, I don't think this game will be that, play, that, that game for him. I think he's still the best player in the world, although Kawhi Leonard is right there. And I think Anthony Davis can be that, too, if he can have a jump shot uh, Dinesh again says we need Kyle Kuzma and we will be really, really, really good. Yes. Kuzma should be about coming back soon. He is getting better daily from what I'm understanding. And then what I'm hearing from all the practice reports and all Mike Trudell is saying, and everybody else that's there is that he's running around, he's making moves. He is going, he is actually, he's, you have to move from one-on-one to two-on-two. And like, you know, there has to be contact practices before he can actually play in a game. And he hasn't, done too much of that contact practicing yet. Once he does that, then you'll start seeing a little bit more Kyle Kuzma. Sorry, it's thirsty. God, sometimes when you talk a lot. He needs something to drink. Joel B23, this team's going to be dangerous when Kuz comes back. That's basically the same thing he was saying. Uh, McSauce2, how much does this win validate Vogel's film coordinator background with our defensive adjustments? That's a very in-depth question. Um, It's a, a tough question. But from what I understand, they were watching film after the Clipper game every single night, and they looked at it and they said... These are all fixable issues. These are about defensive rotations to getting to, to getting to guys on the corners, getting to guys uh, on the short on the short corners to stop the three-point game, being able to, to get inside where who is going to guard. Um, on the, on the switches, on the pick and rolls, especially with guys like Lou Williams and Montrezl Harrell, who were killing the Lakers with their pick and roll. Um, so they watched it and they said, these are easy fixes and we're going to see some of those. And that's what's happening. You're starting to see some of the fixes that they've been doing by watching, by watching, um, by watching the film of the game against the Clippers saying, we had a chance at that game. We just blew it. And here's the thing they did. They had a chance in the fourth quarter. That game was tied in the fourth quarter. You had 12 minutes to win that game and they, just, and they just didn't get it done. The Clippers were better and the Clippers were damn good in that game too. But those were fixable issues. They're still a very, in terms of playing together, a young team. The only thing that they've played together, they played two regular season games and two regular season games is not enough to really judge what you're seeing, but I like the fact that yes, so to validate Frank Vogel's film coordinator background and with his defensive adjustments, yes, it did because now you're starting, they're, they're changed those things. And then on his offensive scheme, he's changing his lineups in order to see what fits for that game. JaVel McGee getting killed, didn't play again. I don't know if he got hurt. If somebody, if someone sees that he got hurt, please let me know. Donnie Ekbodi says uh, AD needs to stay at the 5. Of course he does. And Chris Bosch, by the way, just a couple days ago on a, on First Things First on Fox Sports 1, which is crazy that I'm actually going to promote that show. But he was on that show, and he said the exact same thing that Donnie was just saying. He said, look, when I got to Miami... I needed to change the way that I think about the game. I need to change the way that I play and say that I have to to embrace being the five and playing center on this team. And that's when we started winning. And he said, that's the exact same thing that Anthony Davis has to do. He understands where he's coming from. He understands that he doesn't want to play the five, but that's no matter what, for this team to be successful is not having Dwight Howard on the floor. It's not having JaVale McGee on the floor. It's having Anthony Davis in that spot. And especially when the game matters. Matters. And so that's what we're talking about. So And, and, and yes, Caustic 187, yeah, boo, first things first, whatever. That's a Fox show, I'm ESPN, whatever. It doesn't matter. The fact of the matter is, I was listening to Chris Bosh. When Chris Bosh talks, who played with LeBron, was the five, played the same position as as Anthony Davis I listened to what he's saying because he played in that exact same role, so I was happy to to hear what he was talking about with that. And hopefully that gets through to, um, gets through to AD. And he says I'm going to play more five. Jay Longshore twenty five is THT healthy. Would like to see Vogel give him five to ten minutes from time to time. You know, look, he is a he is a rookie he is not we, he is not healthy he was not healthy in the preseason i would not expect to see anything out of thc for quite some time if at all uh, I, I don't know what he can even do we nobody knows what he can do because he hasn't played in summer league he hasn't played in preseason and he's not going to play this year either if anything they'll move him down into the into the g league and let him try and get some time there but i don't expect much from tht this year at all and, not, and there's no reason to just throw him in there and give him 5 to 10 minutes because of he was a second round pick. That doesn't that doesn't work for me. I want the guys that need to be out there. People are clamoring for Alex Caruso, and he just got his first playing time in the second quarter of Game Two, and you know played pretty well defensively for the most part. Uh, offensively, he's still trying to figure everything out, but he's not. He's not. He didn't play poorly. Uh, let's see. He's 001. I think I thought Caruso was great defensively. Yeah, he was fine. He was. I have no problem with what he did there. Uh, let's see, Tan Marino, 13, Kuz should sleepwalk to 18. Uh, look, I've, if Kuz is what I think he's going to be, and all of you think he's going to be, then this is going to be a very, very dangerous team. Because most of the time, when you're watching this game, without Kyle Kuzma and without Ray John Rondo, who is a ball handler. I mean, as much as we don't like him, his defense isn't there. His uh, His offense is not what it used to be. His shot is, you know, up and down. You don't really know what you're going to get from game to game. The difference is Kuz is going to put up points. And when you're watching these games, the first game against the Clippers and tonight against Utah, you were saying to yourself, or at least I was saying to myself, I'm assuming you were too, was that who's going to score on this, on this team right now? When Anthony Davis and LeBron James are off the floor at the same time, which was not very long, only a couple minutes in between the second and third quarter, or the first and second quarters, and at the beginning of the second quarter, end of first quarter, and a little bit, you know, in that same range of end of third quarter, beginning of fourth quarter, or in the fourth, and certain times when they weren't on the, on the floor at all. But it was very little towards until the game was out of hand. Who's going to score at that point? Troy Daniels had a couple shots that he made. Um, I don't really trust Quinn Cook yet um I don't really trust um anybody else really to score from those guys so that's where Kyle Kuzma comes in where he's going to hit jump shots and he's going to find his way to the basket and he's going to hit and he's going to be the offense he may not play the best defense but he is your offense so you can actually sit LeBron and Anthony Davis for longer stretches of time because you know that somebody on the floor can score and what happens now is instead of and, and everyone's going to focus on Kuzma, then they're going to leave open guys like Quinn Cook in a corner or Troy Daniels in a corner or Alex Caruso or Jared Dudley or whoever who happens to be getting those minutes when when Anthony Davis and LeBron James are off the floor. Kuzma's going to help fix that second team. And that's why most people believe that he has a shot at being sixth man of the year because when he comes in, he can be a walking bucket. And that would be a huge, huge help to this team because look what happened. When LeBron James and Anthony Davis are on the floor, the, the the offense stalled for the most part. I mean, there just wasn't anybody. Do you trust KCP hitting shots? I sure don't. No way. Um, Jeremy Chan. Wow, it's I finally can watch you live. Well, thanks for being here. Um, let's see. Jeremy Chan also says AD needs a jumper. He needs to work on that. Donnie Ekbode says Lakers next 10 games for Charlotte versus Memphis, at Dallas, at San Antonio, at Chicago, versus Miami, versus Toronto, at Phoenix, versus Golden State, versus Sacramento. All right, thank you for putting all those out there for me, Donnie. But those, those games are, most of those games are winnable. Charlotte, absolutely winnable. Memphis, absolutely winnable. Should actually win those games. You should be 3-1 and one going into at Dallas. At Dallas is a tough place to play. They have a very good young team. A lot of I love Luka Doncic. Kristaps um, Porzingis is playing well. They have a very good young team that has a chance to be in the playoffs. I still think you can win that game, and I think they're better than all of these other teams that are out here, where they're all winnable games. But they're not. They're still trying to figure everything out. They're still trying to figure out the rotations. I don't think they're going to go 10 and 0 by any means. But uh, Charlotte, Memphis, easy wins. Chicago should be a win. Miami could be tough unless. Uh, Jimmy Butler's not playing Toronto's gonna be tough. Phoenix should be a win. Golden State does not look good. That should be a win. And Sacramento should also be a win. I don't think they're playing all that well that great a ball either. That should be at least seven and three in the next 10 games, which fine, fine. If you're gonna have me eight and four through 11 games in the 12 games in the season. I'm totally okay with that. I don't expect them to win every game. I expect this to take time. And I wouldn't even be surprised if they lose some of those other games as well. It's still too early. Give it 20 games. And I think that's what we really need to just understand is that 20 games is that number. Uh, Tan Marino, 13. Coos should sleepwalk plus a night and oh, with the squad coming up. Absolutely. We were just talking about that. The Bulletin Board says, has Dwight always played this physical he usually is very physical but I've I've enjoyed what I've seen from Dwight. Look, I was very much against everything Dwight Howard. He still looks slow to me. He still is not fully as the same guy that he once was and I don't really expect him to be that, but Dwight Howard in the game against the Clippers did exactly what I wanted him to. He had like six boards, three points. He did get blocked from behind one time, but he, you know, he wasn't all that bad tonight. He what he played nineteen minutes again two points seven boards two assists two steals two blocks. I, I mean fine be physical. I mean even with the even with the fouls that he had I was fine with those. He got he had five he had five rebounds I believe in the first half that were all just going for balls over over the the smaller guys they're on on Utah. I think he got a couple over Rudy Gobert as well who was completely silent by the way. I don't know Rudy Gobert was. Gone, in my opinion. 32 minutes, and he only had 8 points. 8 points, 9 rebounds. That's a huge night against a guy like Rudy Gobert. The height for for the Lakers really, really helped in that situation. And also because Donovan Mitchell was the guy that wanted to just take over, and he couldn't fully put that together. But Dwight Howard did exactly what I kind of wanted him to do. He was going after loose rebounds. He was trying to get offensive rebounds. He was trying to get defensive rebounds. He was being... The shot blocker, rebounder, put back maker, <laughs> if you want to call it that. And that's all I've ever wanted from him. So it makes me happy. Like I, I'm okay with what I'm seeing from Dwight Howard. And I think that's a huge help to this team. Because when JaVale McGee is being outplayed, he that's where Dwight comes in. And just real fast, when it comes to JaVale McGee... This is not the right offense for JaVale. He's not enjoying this offense right now. You can see it in his face. A lot of times he's getting into the middle of the paint and he's like wide open and putting his hands up and guys just aren't seeing him yet, which is all part of kind of working together, playing together, seeing what's going to happen with everyone. But it's just he's not being found yet for these easy putback dunks that he was getting, especially in the preseason. Laker banter. Should we be concerned about the Lakers offense? Look, no, absolutely not because they played two of the best defensive teams in basketball over the last couple of years. The Clippers I I think may be the best defensive team in all of basketball. So, uh, they because they've looked really really friggin' good and Utah last year was one of the top defenses in basketball. So, to hold to hold the Lakers at 95 points yeah, you're still also missing a lot of your scoring. You're missing Kyle Kuzma. And when Kuzma comes back, that num- those numbers are going to start going up. Look, don't worry about the offense with this team. The offense will show up. The offense will be there at some point. You're going to find... LeBron James is going to get his 20 to 30 points every single night. Anthony Davis is going to get his 20 to 30 points every single night. And if if Kyle Kuzma comes back and he's getting 16, 18, 20 points also every single night along with guys like Danny Green hitting 9 or some random three-point shooter whether it's Troy Daniels, Quinn Cook, yes, KCP, whoever it happens to be getting, you know, 12, 15 points all on three-pointers, the offense will be there. Everybody there will be enough there to to find that you're going to get over 100 points most nights, and they'll be one of the better offensive teams in the league. Uh, it's the fact of the matter that this defense looks good, and that you you held Utah to 80. What was it? 80 something points. 80. I'm, I'm blocked on my numbers here, but it's uh, 86 points. Yeah, so you held Utah to 86. That's good. They weren't missing anybody, but Bojan Bondanovich, which is yes, good player and could get and, and could easily get you 20 points as well, but that's out kind of in the flow of the offense, all that kind of stuff too. That's all they were missing was Bojan Bogdanovich. Their main scorers were there. Mike Conley Jr., um, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert. Those are, Joe Ingles was your, is a real big part of your offense. And those guys weren't scoring. Uh, Donovan Mitchell had 24. Conley had 13 and those came late because he hit a three-pointer late. And then he was, he had, and also he was six to six from the free throw line. So, he wasn't scoring outside of that after going one of 16, he went three of 11 tonight and one of five from three point range. Conley doesn't seem right. And that's, so you were able to hold him as well. Donovan Mitchell wasn't getting off as enough. Uh, Rudy Gobert was basically non-existent. He didn't even hit double digit points. That's, this is a lot. So the defense is what I'm really focused on and seeing that I'm happy with. Kobe Sai on YouTube, when are we getting Iggy? (laughs) Probably not at least until December. Because there's nobody, you can't cut anybody. You're not going to just cut anybody. I mean, I guess you could technically, I don't think you can cut anybody, but you may be able to, uh, but nobody at least until December 15th. (sighs) Thirsty. Uh, BI14 Goat, love what I'm seeing of D39, not pouting, playing hard D and getting rebounds. Yep that's all you want from him. Uh Blake Saint-Clair, realistically the Lakers could go 10 and 0. They could, absolutely. They're good enough to go 10 and 0. Look, they're good enough to beat anybody in this entire league. They're good enough to go they're 82 and 0. That's obviously not going to happen. They're going to lose games. They're going to lose easily 10 to 20 games this year. Um so I'm not even 25 to 30. Anywhere between 15 and 30 games, they're going to lose this year. It's just going to happen. They're still in a spot, a lot of it is going to be early because they're still trying to figure everybody out. Um, let's see, I got dash underscore underscore O says shout out David from Showtime Forum. He's shouting himself out, but yes, definitely shout out David Portillo. if, If you see any of those memes, all of those are David Portillo and he is just killing it on the memes. I mean, constantly in the Slack, just meme, 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 gif, gif, gif. He's absolutely destroying everything and I love, love what I'm seeing from him. So thank you, David. Appreciate that. Uh McSauce too. Thanks, Greg. Always the best. This season has been so fun already. Such a roller coaster in two games. Look, you're say roller coaster. The game against the, the Clippers was a ton of fun. That was look, they lost. Yes, I get it. And the the fourth quarter was kind of odd with their rotations and trying to figure things out. But and they LeBron couldn't score in the fourth quarter. Um, Anthony Davis couldn't score in the fourth quarter. But that game was still a lot of fun. It was back and forth, taking leads, 10-point like leads, 13-point leads, drop, dropping them down. You had you a tie game going into the fourth quarter. It all came down to 12 minutes. And then... All of a sudden, I mean, yeah, it ended up poorly, but that game was fun. It was felt like a uh, felt like a playoff game. I was really excited about that game, and then this game, it was the exact opposite. There was not much offense at all in the first in the first half, and in the second half, it all pushed forward, and they were able to get and they get over to ninety five points, which very very low but that's what happens when you only score like 40 um when it go to 36 or something like that going into the into halftime which i can't find at the moment but i believe it was something crazy like that um i don't have it right in front of me i'm not i don't feel like looking for it either but so yeah it's it's fun to watch the lakers again i think that's what we really need to focus on is that when we're watching the lakers this year We're watching a team. We're watching a good team. You can see the guys floating around, finding their ways into the corners, where they're supposed to be. Sometimes the offense does get a little stagnant, especially in the half court. But at the same time, you can actually see that plays are being run. There's ball movement. Sometimes, and this is still pretty early, but sometimes there is some stagnation when it comes between Anthony Davis and LeBron, where they're playing a two-man game, and whether it works or it doesn't work, you're seeing you're still seeing it, and I think that's what's uh, concerning for some people. But the fact is, they're going to be a very very good team and a very very tough out all the way through. Uh, Donovan Bryant eight says Phoenix looks pretty good actually. They're still young, but now when you you just lost uh, the big center, um, I'm blanking on his name right now, but you lost him for 25 games for that's going to be a big, a Deandre Ayton. you've lost him for 25 games for a substance uh, having a wrong substance in his body. That's going to hurt them because that's your big man. And that's a big part of your offense and a lot of your young guys. So they're going to take a, a giant fall. Uh, let's go to Laker facts. What's up Laker facts. Maybe with Caruso in the floor. Now on the floor. Now he'll get a few more lobs or layups. Yes. Hopefully put back maker. Yeah. For, there's going to be a lot of them. Um, from, I'm sure you're talking about from the big men, from AD, from from um, Dwight Howard, from Javale McGee. With Caruso on the floor, I think we're all excited about what we can see from Caruso. But I'm still a little bit wary about him, and I still don't think he's going to get a ton of minutes. But he can work himself into those minutes by playing good defense, which he did do tonight, and hitting open shots and getting to the bucket and hitting and making his his layups because he gets he gets kind of stuffed the layup little bit more than he should Uh, Abel Carlin says have you heard anything on Andre Iguodala the only things I've heard from Andre Iguodala was from um, from uh, Jackie McMullen when she was on a podcast where she was saying that he's coming to the Lakers um besides that everything i hear is he's if he if he does get bought out and when he gets bought out is totally up to memphis if they're going to try and trade him if they don't trade him then they're going to then he has to be bought out and that's probably not going to happen until around december 15th they're not going to just let him go which is a good thing actually for him because he's getting up there in age 36 37 years old i don't don't remember the exact age for him but he's getting up there in age and so when he gets so if he's t- coming in halfway through the season Opposed to at the beginning of the season, you have fresher legs when you get to the postseason when you really want him to be fresh, opposed to playing for an entire season and being tired. So I'm fine with him waiting a little while, but all that's going to do if he does come to Lakers is just make their defensive rotations that much better, their their perimeter defense that much better, and really just be able to hit a a wide open three every once in a while. Uh, Laker facts. Cook and Dwight getting extra shots up after game. Love to see it. This is something that we're seeing that's totally different too. And Laker facts pointing it out. I like I've seen every time I see Dwight Howard is after a game before a game in practice shooting free throws. He missed both of them tonight, but he's shooting free throws. He's getting he's putting up extra work. Quinn Cook doing the exact same thing. Guys are this is a totally different workman like team where guys this is they want it's a championship. They want a championship this year. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. This isn't like, oh, okay, if we make it into the playoffs, then that's all we care about. No, this team is ready to win now. They are ready to be um, NBA champions this year. They were 3-1 to one favorites at the beginning of the year, but according to Bovada. This is not a team that's just going to go out there and just try and have a good time, and it doesn't matter. They're actually going out there to win, and I like seeing that from my teams. SoCal King thirty two. Once AC gets one of those put back dunks, then I think he wakes up on offense. Hopefully, but he's got to just play within the flow of the offense. Play like everybody else. Be the slasher that he is. Find his way to open into the um, by slashing into the basket, getting open and getting out. If he's not, if he doesn't get there, get out to a three point shot into the corner. Be able to hit and hit those when you are available. Just like Troy Daniels did tonight, and just like Danny Green did the night before, uh, against against the Clippers. Those are the important things that need to happen. Uh, Julian Lakers 23 says it was 43, 37 Lakers at halftime. Thank you. That's exactly what it was. Don't you think that's a little low for a half? That's extremely low for a half. That's not a little low. That's very, very low for a half. And to be able to go up by 22 just shows what LeBron James was able to bring in, in the second half because at four, it was 43, 37. And then LeBron took over the entire second half and said, we're winning this game. And now the Lakers are one and one much, much better out of them. Uh, Devon Johnson, what's up, man? Devon Johnson, by the way, just put out on Showtime Forum. He has a new thing for, for Showtime Forum, uh, is the Showtime Report that's going to come out every Friday. Go check out the one that's there now. It's on YouTube, Instagram. Um, it's on Facebook, or Twitter. I think it's on Facebook as well. Go find the new Showtime Report with Devon Johnson. Really, really funny, really good stuff. So go check out Devon Johnson with that. Uh, is there any chance Boogie comes back in the playoffs? I mean, that's we'll see. I don't. I don't have a gr- a great answer on that. It really just depends on what happens with his health. If he comes back and he is not injured anymore, um, if they're going to use him as a, a designated player exception, um, if he depends on what happens with his court case. There's a lot of things that need to happen with Boogie Cousins, and I would not expect him. But you know, maybe, possibly. I don't. I don't have a great answer on that one. I haven't paid much attention to that, and I'm not going to lie to you about it. Luna Laker 24 How does the rotation look Once we get Rondo and Kuzma back I think you're going to see guys Fall out of, the, out of the rotation I think that guys like KCP Are going to lose minutes Because they're just not playing well I think they'll still get their minutes But they're going to go out Jared Dudley Probably going to go below 10 minutes a game Not going to get a lot of time um, I don't think you're going to see maybe Alex Caruso could start losing some of those minutes because that's a point guard position. I would love to see more of him. But if Troy Daniels is continuing to hit his his three-point shot, then he's going to be in there instead of Caruso. If Caruso's offense doesn't get better, he won't be in there. But his defense is pretty good. I think you're going to start losing minutes on some of those types of guys. I'm trying to look at who else. Yeah, Zach Norvell was in there for three minutes, Didn't made, missed a shot he's not going to get a lot. He's not going to get any playing time, but when Kuzma comes out, you're also going to lose other people. They're going to lose. That's another guy that's going to take away from, I think the the minutes between McGee and Howard are going to continue to stay below 20 minutes a game. And that's basically what's going to happen. So you're going to see a lot of guys that you're seeing right now, They're all just seeing who's fitting well with who, who's finding their way to the corners, who's open and hitting their three-point shots. Those are what the important parts are. Uh, Giorgio Armani, Greg, how do you feel about JaVale? I like JaVale, and I was talking about this a little bit earlier, but I don't think this offense at the moment is best fit for him he likes an offense that was kind of like the Warriors offense kind of like last year's run and gun offense with Lonzo and B.I. and Kuzma and all and Hart and those guys that were always pushing up the floor and he was getting wide open dunks and being that type of guy just kind of cleaning up the glass you're not seeing that as much because the guys clean up the glass are LeBron and Anthony Davis especially in their two-man game so I don't know how much this offense fits JaVale I'm hoping that as the season progresses and they start you- figuring out what the best way, where JaVale figures out the best way, place for him to be to get more putbacks, to get more blocks, to get more rebounds, then I think he'll be okay. But as of right now, he's going to, depending on the night, depending on who the bigs are, his numbers are, his minutes are going to go down pretty heavily. He only had 12 tonight. He had 19 the night before or the two uh, against the Clippers a couple nights ago. So he's really not getting a lot of time. And tonight I think was the first time that Dwight Howard, they might've been even or Dwight might've had a little bit more time. Dwight was just better on the, on the offensive and defensive rebound. So I, he, that's why he got more. You're going to see both of those happening a lot. Uh, Yasmini Glamour says, hi, Donnie Ekbodi. We ran three pick and rolls between Braun and AD all game. This is an interesting thing. It didn't work against the Clippers and the Clippers played great defense with just crowding into the in uh, into the paint. But the reason that the pick and roll isn't working and the way that and this is what I think at least three pick and rolls is not enough. When we saw it in preseason, the pick and roll it, it, again it depends on the team when you have a shot blocker like Rudy Gobert in there, some of that stuff can change, but to run the pick and roll correctly Anthony Davis needs to be able to roll and hit a three-point shot. It's not a pick and roll is not always rolling to the basket. You need to be able to to step out and hit a, and hit a shot that's 15 20 feet away. Or a three-pointer, or whatever it happens to be, depending on where you start the picking process. If he steps out and is fifteen to twenty feet, and he's missing those jump shots, the pick and roll is not going to work, and they're going to just they're just going to crowd into the middle of the paint, and he's not going to be able to roll into he's not going to be able to roll into the towards the basket, and that all goes away. So I don't mind that they didn't run that many pick and rolls because it was being stopped consistently and it wasn't working. So at this point, until he can start hitting his jump shots with continuity, I think there's, they're just going to kind of go away from that. But when that happens, when they actually, when he starts hitting that, which I do believe he will, then that pick and roll is going to be nasty. Uh, Let's see, Isaiah V98925184, which is a bunch of numbers. Why do you think, what do you think of staggering AD's minutes at the five due to his own health concerns? I'm fine with that, but when it matters the most, when you're getting into the fourth quarter and you want to go a little bit smaller, you don't want to have Dwight or JaVale and LeBron and AD and having these big, you know, six, eight to seven footers you want to go a little bit shorter then you want to have Kuzma out there. Who's also six, eight, but still play can play smaller. Um, I think if you, especially if you want to have Kuzma out in those, I think staggering those minutes, if as long as he plays a little bit of the five, I think that's going to be important. Um, We were just talking about this a second ago. Chris Bosh was talking about it, that he has to embrace it. And when he embraces it, it's going to be better for the team. It's going to be better for him. It's going to be better for him and LeBron. He will play more five. And he did play a bunch of five tonight. Um, <laughs> J cap, no, I can't. And I'm not going to answer that question. <laughs> F backs V I I I, um, which maybe is V B F B a 14, 13, um, a, a D and Bron pick and roll should be the main focus of the offense. I like a D at the five. It should be. But for those reasons that I was just explaining, he needs to be able to hit the jump shot. And he hasn't with any regularity. I don't know if he hit one tonight. I think he only hit one or two in the game against the Clippers. So once he starts hitting those and they can stop crowding the paint, then maybe you can start doing a little bit more of that. Um, let's see. How did you like Vogel's adjustments? I thought the adjustments were great. And we talked about this before. Vogel's adjustments in the second half were way better. I It was just, it was more, it made more sense of what's happening here. You're seeing, you saw, when they went, brought in Caruso and took out JaVale, that was a reason, they went smaller. And when they did that, they had, a, a, they had guys that were, that fit more into LeBron, the way that LeBron plays. When shooters were out there, you had Caruso, Bradley, and... Uh, Danny Green all around the outside that you have to be aware of whether they hit their shots or not you have to be aware of them it opens up the middle for LeBron and AD and when you see those guys all they're able to play maybe not so much pick and roll but where they can you know there's there's lob dunks there's passes down low they can play a two-man game into the middle of the paint because guys need to step out because if you're going to if they if they pass out to Danny Green who had 28 points on Tuesday you have to be aware of him when you had or even with Avery Bradley who i believe hit a couple of shots from three point range maybe one or two yeah one but guys hitting three pointers and when and when Troy Daniels out there he was making all of them so there's always going to be at least one of those guys a night that's doing that so that's so i love the adjustment of what's happening were they Vogel or kids adjustments so Cal King 32 Look, I know everybody thinks that Jason Kidd is the voice. I believe that they all kind of talk together. Look, there's three head coaches on this team. You have Frank Vogel, Lionel Hollins, and Jason Kidd all talking amongst each other. So whether it's Jason Kidd's or it's Frank Vogel's, Frank Vogel is going to get the credit. It's the same thing that happened last year. When you had um, Luke Walton, and he was talking to his, you know, college coaches that he loved to have to help with rotations— It went on Luke, no matter what, whether it worked or it didn't work, Luke got the credit or the blame. So the same thing's going to happen here. Just like in the game against the Clippers in the fourth quarter, when the the defensive and, well, the offensive rotations, just the player rotations altogether in the fourth quarter against the Clippers were terrible. They were just horrendous, where you didn't see LeBron James and Anthony Davis together until about three minutes left in the fourth quarter when you were already down by 10 and the game was essentially over. So he got blamed for that. You got to give him the credit for it here in the in in this game, especially starting with the second quarter or the third quarter. Because look what happened, they blew out the Jazz, who is a very very good team. Um, let's see, You've got Oct, Oct Laker Fanatics says that's called a pick and pop. Yes, pick and pop. Yeah, I, I get it. You're saying that there's the role, too. Uh, yeah, it's the same. But that's all part of it. It's all, those are all kind of work together. It's called the pick and pop, bro. Yeah, it, look, I get it that it's a pick and pop, pick and roll. Those are still all part of it because you have to be able to do the same. You can't run the same play over and over again. It doesn't always essentially work that way. And yes, AB was um, great defensively from DF Scam 313. And Avery Bradley has been, and that's kind of what he was brought in for, was to be a good defensive uh, replacement. But... It, the same thing as long as the it, it all works, and I understand, yes, pick and pop, but if he's not hitting his jump shots, you can't have the role when you're when everybody is not respecting his jump shot at all, and it's not and he's not if they're not falling it's you don't have to agree with me, totally fine, but that's how I feel about it uh, I'm just about ten minutes left, maybe a little bit left, snap it Spanish says defense look good, but I can't seem to see what type of offense they're trying to run. Um, there's, it's basically a two-man game at this point, but with guys, the other guys stepping out onto the corners and try, trying to be open for a three-point shots and hitting them, and I think that's the important thing. King 32 would you say that the players would go to Kidd for basketball adjustments over Vogel during a timeout? I think a lot of people are saying that's what's happening there because Jason Kidd, look, you have a head coach in Jason Kidd being an assistant coach. That happens in a lot of places. So... Yes, I'm sure they are going to him. But at the same time, it, it's, yes, uh, it's very difficult. I, I, I'm giving my credit to Frank Vogel. I think that he's a very, that Jason Kidd is a very big portion of this. Whether I like him or not, I think he has a lot of say in what's happening on the offensive end. Especially with some of the rotations, some of the the, the different offensive plays. But I think Lionel Hollins has a lot of a lot of his hands in the defensive portion of it. And here's the thing. That's very much what Lionel Hollins and Frank Vogel are known for. They're known for their defense. They're known for their defensive schemes and game plans. And Jason Kidd was always more of the offensive guy. So don't you kind of want that? It's what we hated about Luke Walton. Was it the fact that he didn't have an offensive guy to talk to? Their defense was always, you know, semi-decent. But at the same time, you always wanted, wanted him to have somebody to talk to to help with the offense. And you don't have, and he didn't have that. So now you have Jason Kidd to do that to help the offense. I'm okay with them going to talk to Jason Kidd about the offense. As long as they're playing great defense on the other end. Caustic 187, KCP, JaVale, and young Greek freak for Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal is about to or did just sign a gigantic contract. He's not going anywhere. Snap at Spanish says, I guess I'm just comparing to what the Clippers are doing. More fluent offense and didn't finish that. Yes. Um, they, well, they're also played together for a, f- a few years. A lot of that is the same Clippers team that just added Le- Kawhi Leonard and just added in Paul George, who's not even there yet. So that's going to take a little bit of adjustment time for them as well. And Kawhi Leonard kind of fits into everything. So uh, the same type of deal. Um, when it comes to Le- the Clippers, they've all, they were the same team essentially as last year. The same team that took uh, the Warriors with That was the full Warriors team, Klay Thompson, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, uh, Draymond Green, to six or seven games. I forget exactly what it was. I believe it was seven games even. Same team. So, and same defensive team. And I think that's why that's more important. So, like an offensive and defensive coordinator, SoCal King. yes, basically, exactly how it is. And that's what we killed. Like I've said it a couple of times, but that's why we killed um, Luke Walton last year because they didn't have that. So I'm happy that this Lakers team will have that. Um, All right, I'm just going to finish this up pretty quickly here. I'm only going to answer one more question from each spot, and then I'm going to get out of here. It is 11 o'clock. I want to go home. I have not been home for quite some time, so that's where it's time for me to go. Uh, Laker banter, game on the line. Who do we run offense through for last shot? Laker banter, it depends on where you are at. If Anthony Davis is hitting jump shots, I have... LeBron is the guy with the ball in his hands. He's going to make the right decision. I think that's what we've seen throughout his entire career is that he will pass off if he needs to. So I want the ball in LeBron's hand game on the line, whether he takes the shot or he passes it off to Anthony Davis for, for an open shot, whatever happens there, I trust in LeBron in those situations because he's done it throughout his entire career. But for the most part, I probably want LeBron taking it. You want your best player to take the final shot. And as right now, LeBron James is still the best player in the world, in my opinion. Uh, all right, the Wizard, 1998, is the last question for tonight. Dwight Howard has been great. Give that man his props. So has Danny Green. I did give Danny um, Dwight his props. He has done exactly what I've uh, all anybody's ever wanted from him. He got six rebounds in the first game. Seven rebounds tonight. He only gets a couple of points. He's putting in the work on on uh, with his three on, with his um, free throw shooting. He's doing what he needs to do. It's kind of what. We we were sold on for him. Why we were actually wanting people were actually wanting Dwight Howard. I was against it, but if he does this, I'm fine. Give me five points and give me five points and seven rebounds with two blocks and two steals and uh, you know two, three, four offensive rebounds. Fine, great, all for it. Uh, Donnie Ikbodi, which fine. You want me to finish off this way, Donnie? I will finish off this way. What can we expect from Showtime for him this year? That is a fantastic question. Showtime Forum is the place to go to for Lakers content. There is so much happening there right now that is unbelievable. And this is why you come here. You have a post-game show with me. Greg Bergman, who is going to have multiple people on here as well with me. I'm going to bring in guests like Cam Brothers, uh, maybe an you know O'Shea Jackson Jr. I had Momo, I had Ramona Shelburne on with me last year. I'm going to have people on with me every once in a while, maybe from other sites. Maybe it's Pete Zayas or Aaron Larsoul or Harrison Fagan or guys that you love to hear from that are part of the Laker community. I'm going to have them on here with me at certain times. Plus, you're going to get from Devon Johnson, the Showtime Report, which I was talking about a little bit earlier, hysterical, the entire week's breakdown of what it's going to be. It's a, it's a fantastic new thing that we just brought out. Had a couple of episodes. You can go get that right now on Twitter. You can get it on Instagram, Facebook, um, YouTube. All of it is all there for you to find. Plus, we have a brand new podcast with Nick Hamilton and Chris Camello. The dudes know what they're talking about. They have a great Um, rapport with amongst each other. They talk good, smart basketball. So it's nice to hear that. They know the teams inside and out. It's a very good podcast. You can go find it wherever podcasts are. Go check them out. There's all of that. Plus so, so much more. We're going to have more YouTube content. We're going to be doing a bunch of more scripted stuff. This is going to be the only way that I can put it. And the only way that I think is the right way to put it we are going Showtime Forum is going to be more like The Ringer than anything else. This is not just going to be a, a Lakers fan site. It's going to be a site where you're going to want to listen, where you're going to want to see new stuff all the time. We're going to have great things for you in day in day out good videos, original content flowing from Showtime Forum. So be aware, be on the lookout. It's coming. Go check out Showtime Forum over and over again, and you can check, check it out at theshowtimeforum.com. Everything else is just youtube.com slash showtimeforum, instagram.com slash showtimeforum, facebook.com slash showtimeforum. This is the spot to be for all your Lakers coverage and a ton of original content. So be there. I'm going to be there. Can't wait to just for this thing to really blow up this year and for a great, great regular season for a rate or just regular or just, excuse me, great season for the Lakers can't wait to be there. All right. I'm going to be get out of here. I'm going home. I'll be, I'm not going to be with you guys on Sunday. I'm going to see if somebody else will do this for me. I'm going to try and keep Saturdays and Sundays for my family. Um, but I will be with you every single week and for most games and definitely back on Tuesday. All right. I'm out of here. Thank you very much for being on the Showtime Forum. I am Greg Bergman and I'll be back with you on Tuesday. Have a great night and go Lake show.